Oh my god. Well, it's it? me, Harrison, the undisputed star of the show. Wait. I'm here, of course, with your host, Kate. You know, whatever. Um, I hope you're having a happy Halloween. Oh my god, it's so scary out there, folks. Wait, do you get that you're my, we're in a promance? Yeah, a, pro, a producer relationship. That's awesome. Romance. Oh, professional relationship. That's funny. Yeah, that's but kind of, I was more thinking producer. Yeah, I kind of, I got it. Okay. Yeah, happy Halloween as we record this on Halloween. But hey, you know, Johnny, our roommate, you may know him from the Chernobyl episode sitting next to us, and he just raised his beard to Halloween. Yeah. It's, Hall- <laughs> it's all Halloweens. And it's all Halloween all the time here, baby, because it it's is. the spookiest show on earth. We it, don't stop for anybody. I, Harrison, I, I had, I planned to like say something like that, like be like, well, spooky season's over, but. Not well, here. hijacked episode. Boom. Not That's here. my Halloween costume. I'm Kate today. You want to you wanna do the story? Yeah, let me tell you a little. Let me tell you a story all about how my <laughs> life no turned upside down. No, more singing. <laughs> okay. This is the spooky show. <laughs> the spooky show of the history of the universe ever. It's Halloween. Woo, woo, woo. I'm your host, Kate. Ah! Harrison is here. Star of the show. Star of the show. Undisputed. Uh, I put on my Instagram just before we start, really fast, really fast. Put on my Instagram to ask uh, any questions. Um, they could be like horror film related. They could be true crime related. Or they could just be any questions you want to know because there may or may not be a bonus episode this week. Oh, my gosh. So oh my gosh. put your questions in, in the questions sticker or you can just DM them. And today... We're talking about the hash slinging slasher. <laughs> this is the story of the hash slinging slasher. This is a story all about how. <laughs> no, we're talking about um the most famous haunted doll. Who? You don't know? And Annabelle? Yeah. You're talking about you talking about Annabelle. Yeah, today. we're talking about Annabelle today. I know Annabelle. If you don't know Annabelle. Time. She's the doll from the three film. Wait, from the th- from the three film series. I think there's four. Well, from the four film series. Besides, like, I actually don't know how many films are in the freaking Conjuring series. I'm sorry. We're talking about Conjuring. We're talking about Conjuring Ever After. We're talking about Conjuring Tokyo Drift. We're talking about <laughs> Tokyo Drift. <laughs> yeah, that. However, we're talking about con- conjuring, conjuring. That's just the other one. Yeah. Is just called conjuring. She's, the conjuring. she's from the, those films. There's also one called like Devil May Rise or some shit, right? Well, then there, like there's a like very the funny, stupid titles. And then there's like the Annabelle movies, and I think they're in the same universe. So like, oh, I don't we're talking know. about the Annabelle cinematic universe. Yes, the ACU. Yeah. So like, <laughs> the ACU. The idea of like using dolls in like religious settings or like rituals this goes back way 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 far like it traces back to ancient rome and ancient egypt and you know there's voodoo dolls and stuff in other cultures sure which harrison knows a lot about sure he's from new orleans i know a little bit about well he's not from there his mom's from there (laughs) so he knows a lot about voodoo dolls. yeah you know you guys all kind of know a lot about voodoo dolls 
So, like, the use of dolls <laughs> is very prevalent. Like, so the idea of a doll being possessed or, like, causing a haunting, like, that's not that strange, I would think. I don't think so. And there's, like, so many know. different accounts of this taking place. If you, like, go on Reddit or anything, there's so many stories of, like, creepy objects or haunted dolls. And Ever whatnot. heard of Beauty and the Beast? It, they're all haunted Those objects. They're haunted objects. They're not <laughs> enchanted. Is just an. I, I'm just going to be honest with you, real quick. Enchanted is just a nice way to say haunted. Haunted, yeah. <laughs> uh, actually, I'm not haunted. I'm enchanted. You want to go to an enchanted house? Oh, you're talking about a nice haunted house. Yes, it's a splendid haunted house. So the way like an object or a doll would get possessed is because like humans, they have like. We have, like, electromagnetic, like, energy fields, right? Yeah, dude. People have kind of electromagnetic energy fields. Here's it. What? <laughs> You're going a little crazy. Well, I just want to be heard. Okay. I'm just kidding. I'll show So up. humans have, like, electromagnetic energy fields, right? Like, they, they radiate energy. Like, you know, vibes. Yeah. So, like, that's why ghost hunters, they measured, like, the electromagnetic energy fields to see like changes in the magnetic field around them. And they're like, Oh, there's a ghost there. I see something paranormal. So when you die, there's a chance that like some of your energy can get transferred into a doll or an object. Right. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, especially in like children's deaths, they can transfer like part of their spirit or an energy into like an object that they really love, like a doll. Like, it wouldn't just be, you know, like a lamp or something. It would probably be something that was, like, near and dear to them. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's why it's mostly, like, a child goat that kind of takes over a doll most of the time. And, like, yeah, usually they pick dolls out of anything else because they love them and they feel close to them and they hold them every night before they go to sleep. Hmm. So, in, like, other scenarios, though... Somebody could use a doll to just, like, place a curse on it or, like, conjure a spirit to, like, inhabit it. So it's kind of just, like, hosting the spirit of someone who passed. Or it could be something evil where it's possessed. So, like, you kind of have to figure out. Sure. <laughs> if you get a haunted doll, you kind of have to figure out which one is it. Correct. So we're going to get into the story of Annabelle. Crazy girly. Remember when she was on the loose? No. You don't remember that? I do not. We're going to talk about this at the end, but in August 2020, there was a rumor that she escaped. And then remember that Twitter account came out and I was like obsessed with it. Oh, yeah, and Annabelle yeah, yeah. was like tweeting. She was like get, getting D and like <laughs> thotting it out. Now I remember. When I, I didn't remember that. I didn't know that was actually connected to real life. Yeah. Okay. So. I thought that was just saying a horny Annabelle. Well, yeah. That Twitter account was everything to me. So in 1971-ish, there was a mom. She she wanted to get her uh, daughter Donna the perfect gift because it was her 28th birthday. 20th? 20. I, I have here 28th, but she it was also her, her 28th birthday and she was, got her a doll? Well, it was also her graduation. So I don't know if she was like, it could have been 20th, but maybe 28th because she like graduated later. Uh -huh. But anyway, she was going to school for nursing, and she lived in a small apartment with her friend Angie, who was also a nurse. Okay. So yeah, Donna's mom went shopping for something like very special, and she went to this hobby shop, and she found an antique Raggedy Ann doll. And yes, you're probably thinking, she's 28 years old, why would she want a Raggedy Ann doll? Did she have one when she was a kid? Yeah, so for like the people who don't know, Raggedy Ann, that was like a popular character uh -huh. in, in children's books written by John Gruel. 
He patented Raggedy Ann, the Raggedy Ann doll in 1915 when the character had already been like introduced three years before in okay. the stories. And if you don't know Raggedy Ann is either, she's like... She's kind of a Raggedy Ann. She really is. <laughs> <laughs> she really is. She's known for having like the red yarn hair and like the red triangle nose. I'm looking a bit raggedy. Yeah. A bit like a lady named Anne. I used to have Raggedy Ann doll. But like, I think Raggedy Ann kind of looks like if it had gone bad for the Wendy's girl. That's actually very true. <laughs> but I think, um, like if Wendy's dad didn't invent Wendy's. <laughs> <laughs> I think my, I think my um my great grandma like made it for my mom, and then my mom gave it to me. Oh, so cool. honestly, that Raggedy Ann doll is probably kind of cursed too. A lot of energies going through that one. <laughs> So when Donna was growing up, Raggedy Ann, you know, she was really popular around then, and she loved the stories. And damn, was she raggedy. So, like, oh, this is perfect for my daughter. And Donna loved it. Donna slept with the doll every night. Donna would, like, make her bed and then, like, put Raggedy Ann right in the middle of the bed up against the pillows like I do with Bluff yeah, and classic, Squishy. Yeah, classic kind of stuff, yeah. And, um... Even Donna's roommate, Angie, kind of liked the doll, too, because she, like, also grew up with Raggedy Ann, and she was like, yeah, that's And she was kind of like, nice. Raggedy Damn, I like this <laughs> She She said exactly that. <laughs> raggedy Damn. So soon, Donna, after Donna graduated, she got a job as a nurse, and her and Angie worked at the same hospital, and they both worked the 4 p.m. to midnight shift, so, like, they were on the same exact schedules. They were in a really great routine together. Yeah. And one morning, Donna decided to bring her doll into the kitchen and just, like, put her in a chair at the kitchen table. And she told Angie that Raggedy Ann was going to have breakfast with them. Wow. <laughs> so they were just like, ah, that's funny. Like, here, eat this oatmeal, Raggedy Ann. Yeah, eat this fucking oatmeal, eat Raggedy it. Ann. But... But I don't know. They just thought it was funny, I guess. I don't know. I feel like if I yeah, did I that. I think it would be pretty funny if I was like, eat this oatmeal raggedy Ann. But like, if I did that in our house and brought in a doll and put it at the kitchen like, table good. to like, be like, let's eat breakfast with it. Like, what would you do? I'd be like, damn, this is, we are really getting into absurdist comedy in yes. a new way in our life. Yeah. I don't know. I guess they had fun with it because Donna kept bringing her to have breakfast with them like every morning. Um, shit I, and they would like joke around and like talk to her but it was all fun and games girl we having raggedy green eggs in hand <laughs> but then one morning the doll just lifted her arms up and put them on the table like uh-huh uh-huh like slap i down. hate this oatmeal <laughs> no and donna and angie were just like what they just like looked at each other in silence like, this is a total wtf moment yeah to be honest but then they kind of just laughed again, and Angie was like, oh, we should hold a seance with Raggedy Ann. But it was just a hey. joke, and they both, like, laughed it off. They decided, they were like, let's just uh, keep watching, keep an eye on Raggedy Ann, because that was weird. So <laughs> Donna would start to, like, This leave. whole story is raggedy. Is a little bit raggedy. Donna would start to, like, leave. Um, oh, shoot, I hit the mic. My bad. What the F? Donna would start to leave Raggedy Ann on the couch so that the doll would, like, be right there when they got home from work. <laughs> um, but soon, both the girls started noticing that Raggedy Ann just would keep moving. Like, 
they would leave her in one position before they left. And when they got home, she would be in a different position. Like her arms and legs would be like put somewhere different or like crossed or she would just be completely facing like a different direction. Uh-huh. So Donna and Angie would like they thought like one of them was playing a prank on the other. But most days they left and came home at the same time. So they were like, oh, that's spooky. OK, well, it wasn't either of us. They both knew no one was in the apartment all day. So then Raggedy Ann started moving in totally different spots in where they left her in the room. Like she would be on the other side of the couch or like at the foot of the bed instead of instead like against the pillows. So one day Donna was getting ready for work and Angie was waiting for her by the door. And while Donna was leaving in a rush, she left her bedroom door open and just like ran through the living room. And Raggedy Ann was on the couch when she left. But when they got home that night, the doll was in Donna's bedroom and the door Whoa. was shut. So it, w- it wasn't any of them. And this, this started to happen multiple times. So they started getting worried and they're like, maybe somebody is breaking into our apartment. Yeah, maybe this is kind of and a raggedy all- scam. <laughs> and all they are doing is moving this doll around. <laughs> That's all they're doing. So Angie asked her boyfriend Lou if he could start like coming over more often can you please come by the house he's like they're like can you please come by the house the doll the doll they're like can you just keep an eye on things so like he would stay in there while they were at work yeah i got you girls eventually (laughs) yeah i got you girls i'll put you guys girls from the doll so eventually eventually the, the girls just asked him to move in so he did and Lou, Lou, can you move in? Because of the doll. Because of the doll. The doll is just giving me the trembles at night. But Lou, he hated Raggedy Ann. It yeah. gave him like this eerie feeling, and he he told Angie, "He's like, you should get rid of this doll." And but I think she should get rid of that Raggedy Man. <laughs> We're getting comments about this episode. Yeah, we are. <laughs> People will probably shut it off by now. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no. I do agree she should get rid of this man. Like, who are, <laughs> who are you to say you hate my doll? Well, it was this is a fun one. This episode's fun. I'm okay, glad you're fun. having fun. <laughs> are you not having fun? No, I am. But, um, yeah, he's like, y'all should get rid of this doll. ASAP. But For Donna. Sure. You all should get rid of this doll ASAP. Yeah. But Donna, <laughs> that was a gift from her mom and she loved the doll and she was like, no, I'm not getting rid of it. So after, now it's like a month later since it's getting. It's me or the doll, babe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's Angie's boyfriend's or the roommate's boyfriend, but fair. Still a good joke. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. That one was a good joke. It's been a month since they got the doll. And um, now. This all happened in a month? Yeah. Damn, this doll came out fucking swinging. Yeah. Puts its arms up on the table immediately within a month. Yeah, and then it starts moving in the rooms. I don't know. I feel like it kind of took its time a little bit. A month? Because it kept, like, getting stronger and stronger and doing things, like, more and more. But now things are getting even crazier because Donna um, and Angie started finding, like, notes around their apartment. And they were written in, like child handwriting on scraps of parchment paper and they said mm-hmm. things like help me help lou help us 
and neither of them ever even bought par- parchment paper and they're like where did this come from so they searched the entire apartment like looking for where this paper came from and they didn't find anything but the notes just kept appearing and then after they saw the one with Lou's name on it Angie thought Lou was maybe leaving them around as a joke but Lou didn't know anything about it he said he never used our pop parchment paper never either used ball pop and <laughs> so he <laughs> he was like it's probably that doll and you guys should get rid of it it's probably the freaking doll babe but donna was like no it's a gift i'm not getting rid of this doll so it's me a doll then things got even scarier because donna came home uh-huh Found the doll in the bed after leaving her somewhere else. And she was, like, kind of used to that. Like, okay. she was like, oh, Raggedy Ann up to roll tricks. She's kind of but, numb to it at yeah. this point. Just, just the entity. But this time when she looked at the doll, she felt, like, very afraid. She got, like, this overwhelming sense of fear and dread. And as she got closer to the doll, the feeling just sure. got, like, worse and worse. She was getting bad vibes. Negative bad energy. Vibes this doll. Yeah. So she picked up the doll, and when she did, there were red stains on the back of the doll's hands. Kind of like blood. Yeah, three drops of this red stain on, like, on the doll's chest, and it was blood. Like Donna realized it was blood. Ew. So she dropped the doll and just like ran out of the room and slammed the door shut behind her. And she just like waits in the living room for Angie to get home. And when when Angie gets home, Donna's like trying to tell her what happened, and Angie's like, "Calm down. What the heck is going on?" And when Donna tells her, she kind of just laughs it off and was like, it's probably nothing. But since Donna's so upset, Angie was like, okay, let's contact a psychic medium. A friend told me about the psychic medium. Let's, let's see what she has to say. So Donna was like, yes. So they asked the medium to come inspect the apartment and take a look at the doll. And after the medium looked around and started talking to the women... She was like, let's hold a seance to try and contact any spirits that might be living in this home. So they did the seance, and the medium found out that the doll was possessed by the spirit of a little girl named Annabelle Higgins. And the medium explained that just before um, the apartment building that they lived in was built, Annabelle's family lived on the property, and she used to, like, run around and play outside around the home. And she, when she was seven, her body was found on a field in the exact same spot beneath the women's apartment. So Annabelle's spirit, apparently she, apparently Annabelle's spirit told the medium that she actually really liked Donna and Angie. She was like, sorry that she scared them. She just wanted to stay with them and keep living inside this doll. So the women were like Alrighty. kind of afraid at first, but then. The medium was like, no, the spirit's just lonely. The spirit just needs you to look out for her. It's not going to hurt you. And even well, that like. That spirit is lying. <laughs> even the, um, like Annabelle said to the medium, like, I promise I won't hurt them. And even if I could, I can't. I'm a doll. <laughs> so Donna also still like really loved this doll. So they're like, okay, let's just keep her. It's not going to hurt us. It's fine. So now since they knew. Or they thought they knew. It was like a nice little friendly girl spirit. They started treating Annabelle with like a lot more care and would like show her kindness and compassion. Like instead of like shoving oatmeal down her throat, they were like, do you want to try this? Oh, that's <laughs> nice. Um, but it was kind of tricky because like every time the doll moved or left them a mysterious note, it freaked them out. But they kept on trying to just like 
you know, sure. assure themselves it was fine. The spirit is a good spirit. They would take Annabelle on car rides. They bought her clothes. They treated her like literally a seven-year-old girl. But this, for some reason, made things worse. It seemed like the nicer they were to Annabelle, like, the more cruel she was starting to be, I guess. Like, they started hearing knocking sounds all around the apartment, and then they would see flashing lights around their apartment, and their beds even rocked some nights. Ah! And they also claimed to have heard, like, just voices whispering through the hall. So one night... (laughs) This is the scariest part to me, to be honest. (laughs) After working their shift... At the hospital, Donna and Angie got home after midnight, and when they opened the door, Annabelle was just standing there at the front door yeah, on, her, like on her two legs to greet them. No, fuck that. Yeah, I hate that. So they start screaming for Lou. I don't know. Lou comes out. I guess everything's fine because after this, the girls, they just stop messing with the doll. They're like, okay, we're going to ignore this doll now. They stopped moving her around. They stopped having breakfast with her. And after they told Lou what the medium said at the seance, he was like, I am not convinced this doll is nice. He's like, no, this doll is not nice. I still hate this doll. Also, because like since he had moved in, he had been having like terrible nightmares. And he like just knew that it was because of the doll. And he's like, this doll is not a seven-year-old little girl. Like, I can tell you that right now. But he still stayed because, like, he wanted to take care of his girlfriend and make them feel safe. But one night, Lou and Angie went to bed early because they were leaving for a road trip the next day. Uh And then in the middle of the night, Lou woke up suddenly. And he was panicked and covered in sweat, but he couldn't move. Like, his arms and legs were, like, he couldn't lift them. So he tried to wake up Angie, but he couldn't speak either. And all he could do was move his eyes. And when he looked around the room, he saw at the foot of the bed something moving. So he was like, maybe it's a mouse. So he tried to kick it, but he like, his feet were frozen. And then he realized it was Annabelle at the foot of the bed. And then Annabelle, the doll, crept up onto his legs and onto his chest. Oh my fucking I know. God. And Lou just like sat there and closed his eyes like, this is just a dream. This is just a dream. But then he felt like intense pressure on his throat, like he couldn't, oh and he like God. couldn't breathe, and he's still paralyzed. He can't move his arms or legs. He was just like stuck to the bed, and he felt himself like losing consciousness. And he tried to fight it, but he couldn't. He couldn't, and he just like passed out. That's basically what Beans did to Harrison the first night Harrison slept over. Very true. Big Annabelle move. Yeah. So <laughs> the next morning he woke up. He he immediately, like, woke up Angie because he was very freaked out. And Angie knew he was having nightmares and was basically just like, it was just a dream. But Lou was like, no, this no, was this really real. Happened. And when he looked in the mirror, he had marks across his neck, like oh someone God. tried to strangle him. So he's like, Angie, get ready. We're going on this road trip right now. We got to get out of here. And while they're in the living room, Lou was, like, looking over the maps and everything for the road trip. Angie is chatting with Donna. And then they hear a noise coming from Donna's room. And the door was shut. So Lou, I guess for a second, after being plagued by this doll, forgot about the haunted doll and thought it was somebody trying to break in. So he, like, (laughs) crept to the door 
and tried to listen to what it was. And he waited for the noise to stop. And then he um, opened the door and turned on the light and looked around, but nobody was there. The window was shut, like nothing in the room was touched. And the doll was tossed in the corner of the room, just lying face down on the floor. Oh, God. So Lou checked under the bed in the closet to make sure nobody was there. And then he just stood in the middle of the room trying to figure out what made that loud rustling noise. And then he looked down at the doll and, like, stepped toward it. And, like, as he moved closer to Annabelle, he felt like someone was standing right behind him, just watching him. So Uh he turned around, and he was still all alone. And he still, once again, was like, he knew that doll was causing all of this. So he picked up Annabelle, shook, shook her, and said, you're nothing but a rag doll. You couldn't hurt anyone. And then threw her back in the corner. Big mistake. Yeah, don't, don't. Big mistake. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> so Donna and Angie. She ra- pretty woman ass. <laughs> Donna and Angie ran in the living room to see what was going on. And then out of nowhere, Lou got a sharp pain in his chest and his skin was hot and felt like it was like on fire. And the pain was getting more intense and he bent over and just was like grabbing his chest. So Angie ran over to him and when he moved his hands, they were covered in blood and his shirt was soaked. So he like big mistake. Huge. Yeah. He took his shirt off and there were seven wounds on his chest. Oh my God. They looked like long claw marks, like scraped across his chest, like, and three were uh vertical and four were horizontal and his skin was just burning and oozing blood but like nothing in the room had touched him he looked in the corner and annabelle was still there like it hadn't moved at all but he had no doubt that it was annabelle he's like i know it was that doll and then a chair just no was that doll (laughs) a chair just slid across the room and slammed into the wall and the whole room shook and all the pictures frames fell down and glass broke and there are loud pounding sounds on, on the walls all around them. So at this Sounds point... Sounds like Beans lives at their house. Yeah, actually. So they, <laughs> they all got up, ran into the living room, slammed the bedroom door. And when Lou looked down at his chest, three of the claw marks were healed. And the next day, half of the marks were healed. And then two days later, his chest was completely fine. And there was no scabs <laughs> or scars. <laughs> so basically, like, they just never even happened. So... Donna thought, like, okay, Annabelle probably lashed out at Lou because, like, maybe we've been talking shit. Well, that, and also, like, maybe because we started ignoring her and, like, we haven't been giving her enough attention. But, you know, they still have this bad feeling. So, like, why would they? True. So they wanted to, like, try something else, like, a different, they wanted something different than a psychic medium to help. So they thought that maybe, like, the spirit of Annabelle shouldn't stay inside of the doll. They're like, Maybe she needs to cross over to the other side. Maybe she's pissed she's trapped in this doll. And then after what happened to Lou, they were all really scared of Annabelle and what might come next. So we're talking about an exorcism. Yeah, they called a priest. They contacted Father Hegan and asked him for help. And after talking to Donna and Angie, he consulted a priest um, who had more authority in the church named Father Cook. And the two priests were like, okay, let's bring in the paranormal investigators. Harrison, do you Ooh. know who they brought in? No. How do you not know? Bring in the Long Island medium? No. <laughs> Teresa Caputo? <laughs> no. Ed and Lorraine Warren. Oh, of course. Yes, of course, from the film. Yes. <laughs> film. 
Yeah, if you don't know much about Ed and Lorraine Warren, I did talk about them in the Amityville Horror Oh, right, 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 right. But, like, to sum it up, Ed, he's a prominent, well, was, R.I.P., he's a prominent demonologist, and Lorraine was a psychic medium. So, like, they were, like, the iconic power paranormal investigative team duo. They're also famous for founding the New England Society for Psychic Research in 1952. And this is kind of what made them, like, a household name. Right. And experts in the paranormal stuff. They they consulted with all kinds of professionals about paranormal events. And so they know their stuff. And when the priest told them about Annabelle, they were like, ooh, we got to set up a meeting with these people. So the first thing, they set up the meeting, and the first thing that Ed and Lorraine Warren told them was that, the medium lied to you guys. <laughs> Annabelle, well, I don't think the medium lied. No, I think Annabelle I, yeah, lied. Yeah. Annabelle Higgins was a young girl that died in a motorcycle accident outside of their apartment building, but it was not her spirit inside of that doll. Damn, cousin. You know what was inside of the doll? What? An inhuman presence or an evil entity that could attach itself to anything, a person, an object, or even a place. Oh, hell no. They told, um, Ed and Lorraine told, Angie, Donna, and Lou, that the spirits of the dead can't possess inanimate objects. They can only possess living people. So they believe the entity inside of Annabelle was really a demon impersonating the spirit of Annabelle Higgins. Oh. But the bad news about this was that dynamic spirits, they didn't want to be attached to objects or places. They wanted a human host, and their ultimate goal is always to possess a person. To possess one of the girls. Anyone, a person. Yeah, okay. So Ed and Lorraine explained, like, the signs of dynamic possession, which is teleportation, materialization, right. and the mark of the beast. And right now, the demon was in what they called the infestation stage. So, like, it had attached itself to the doll, teleported around the apartment, banged on the walls, and did whatever it could to, like, get their attention. And once it had their attention, it escalated things through materialization, like the notes on the parchment paper. and the handwriting was childlike on purpose to help impersonate annabelle higgins which then led donna and angie to bring in the medium and the demon knew this medium could be easily manipulated and convinced her that it was annabelle and that annabelle just needed love and affection. weak ass medium yep so now they gave the demon permission after they did this after they were treating it with love and affection buying it stuff and <laughs> whatnot they gave the demon permission to stay in the doll in the apartment. So now they're all at serious risk. Demon, of, I welcome you. Yeah. Now they are all at serious risk of being possessed by the demon. So all it had to do is move from the doll to one of them. And I guess they were lucky at this point because the demon never found like the right opportunity to do it yet. But it started to take advantage like you know, now it was a welcomed guest and it started to act more like a demon, I guess. That's why they started getting a bad feeling whenever they were around the doll and of eventually course. why it attacked Lou. Because it was like, oh, I'm welcome here. I'm comfy. Now right. time for the real party. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, the main objective was that it wanted a human host because it wanted to cause chaos, pain and fear. And during the last attack on Lou, it left like the most compelling proof of dynamic possession on his chest with the mark of the beast, which is a symbol of evil. And Ed and Lorraine Warren were like, we got to act now. They predicted that at the rate things were escalating, that in another few weeks, everyone who lived there would be seriously hurt 
or possessed or maybe even killed. So Holy shit. After this initial investigation, Ed and Lorraine Warren, they consulted with Father Hegan and Father Cook and told them how, like, serious this was. And they recommended an immediate exorcism blessing um, the home done by Father Cook. Um, the idea behind the blessing is that it's used to fill the home with God's presence and positive energy to give the, like, to drive the demon away. Basically, they, like... vibes in. Yeah. Take the bad vibes out. Well, basically, they said, like, we want to make this an inhabitable environment for an evil presence so that it would decide to leave on its own. Like, we need to fill this with such good vibes that the negative vibes are just like, I gotta get out of here. <laughs> so Father Cook was like, I'm not sure, but after talking with the Warrens a few times, he's like, all right, I'll carry out the seven-page rite of exorcism. When he arrived at the apartment, he walked through and recited the blessing. He blessed every room and every corner. And when he was done, the Warrens told Donna and Angie they were sure there were no more demons living in their home. But Donna was like, I'm not risking that. And she asked Ed and Lorraine Warren to take the Raggedy Ann doll. And Ed and Lorraine were like, you know what? That's probably for the best. So they took it home with them. But they were, like, very careful with her because the demon was probably still inside the doll. They knew what kind of damage it could do. So they put her in the backseat of the car and buckled her in. And they also knew that spirits could disrupt electrical systems, like ones that power cars. So they were driving, like, very slow. Like, they would take the back road instead of the highway in case the car broke down. And, like, this did happen. As soon as they started driving, they both felt like the doll was watching them from the backseat. And, like, they felt that feeling of dread and hatred coming from it. And then every time Ed made a turn, the power steering, the brakes failed. And the car swerved out of control and stalled. Like, they almost crashed so many times on their way home. And Ed, he got fed up. He's like, I'm done with this. So he knew it was Annabelle, so he reached into his black bag and pulled out a vial of holy water, and he, like, sprinkled it on her, but then he just dumped the whole vial over her and made the sign of the cross. That's awesome. So (laughs) after this, the car was fine. They drove the rest of the way, and when they got home, they decided to put Annabelle in Ed's office, so they put her on a chair next to his desk, and they went to leave, but um, Ed turned around, and he he saw that... Annabelle was just levitating just above the chair. Jeez. She stayed that way for a few seconds and then dropped down. And Ed stayed for a few minutes, like, waiting for the doll to move again. But she didn't. So he left the room and shut the door behind him. But Annabelle was still up to roll tricks because after a few weeks, Ed saw the doll levitate multiple times. She would start once again teleporting to other rooms in the house. Like, the demon was trying to get their attention again, just like it had with Donna and Angie. But the Warrens, they were, they were um, professionals. They knew what they were doing. So for the most part, they just ignored the doll completely. And when they went out of town or something, they would take the doll to an outside building on their property that wasn't attached to their house and just lock her away. But sometimes when they would get back from their trips, the doll was just back inside their house. So Ew. that didn't work. They would, like, check the office and the outside building, but all the doors were still shut and locked. Right. um, Her favorite spot to hang out was Ed's armchair in the living room. And sometimes a black cat would just appear next to her. The cat would walk around the room once, jump back on the chair, and then disappear from head down. It's Beanie. He's so cute right now, too. (laughs) 
He's so, so cute. One time, Ed was out of town, and a carpenter was at Ed and Lorraine's house. They were, like, building something, and he was so freaked out by the doll, he asked Lorraine to move it to another room. And Lorraine was like, oh, I don't want to touch this doll. But since Ed wasn't home, she had to. And then a few times when the Warrens would have friends over that and some of them happened to be priests, the doll would hate that, really seemed to dislike it. And one of their friends, Father Bradford, was a Catholic exorcist, and he was not afraid of Annabelle. When he came over, there she was in her favorite spot in Ed's chair in the living room. And Father Bradford walked right over to Annabelle, picked her up, and said, You're just a rag doll, Annabelle. You can't hurt anyone. God is more powerful than the devil. And Ed was like, mm, You should not have said that. And so when Father Bradford left later that night, Lorraine was like, You better be careful driving home because you might have just pissed off that demon. So Lorraine was like, Call me as soon as you get home. And Father Bradford was like, I ain't worried, but he agreed to call um, when he was safely home. But he was like, I have a brand new car. Like, nothing's going to happen. But Ed and Lorraine Warren did not hear from him for several hours after he left. Oh, no. And when he finally, he, he called them eventually, but he said he had been in an accident because as he was driving into a busy intersection, his brakes just failed and he lost control of the car and crashed. The car was totaled and he almost died. And he told them that right before the crash, he looked into the rearview mirror and saw Annabelle's face looking at him. So, a little while later, a homicide detective was at Ed and Lorraine's house consulting with the Warrens on a case of a young girl who had been murdered. And after they just chatted, the detective asked to see some of their haunted artifacts, just like for funsies. And when he looked at Annabelle he was like mesmerized like he told Ed he couldn't take his eyes off of her like it was like possessing him kind of but not in like the demonic way just like I don't know it was like drawing him in so Ed left the room to take a call and before he left he warned the detective he was like you do not put your hands on anything but within a few minutes the detective ran back out of the room shaking and trying to catch his breath and Ed said he'd call an ambulance but the detective was like no no it's okay I don't want to talk about what just happened, but Ed knew exactly what had oh, happened. God. The detective had picked up Annabelle. And after this incident, apparently the detective was so freaked out. He ended up quitting his job at the police department. Oh my God. <laughs> so I don't know what happened there. That's wild. So they, the Warrens were like, okay, I don't think we could just keep Annabelle just out sitting in this chair, or just like out and about all the time. No, of course like, not. Like, she needs to be locked away, um, you know, where the demonic spirit would stay, like trapped. So they made a wooden case with a glass door, and it was constructed specifically for Annabelle. The stain they used on the case was infused with holy water and holy oil, and they carved two prayers into the wood, the Lord's Prayer and St. Michael's Prayer. Do you know how, how St. Michael's Prayer ends? No. I thought you would. I, I don't remember off the top of my head. For sure. So it says, um, By the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world seeking oh, uh-huh. the ruin of souls. So they locked Annabelle in this display case in their, in their occult museum, which is attached to their home. And the sign on the case says, Warning, positively do not open. It's 
the case is also surrounded by um, holy objects like St. Michael and crucifixes. And from that time on, you know, everyone kind of knew the name Annabelle. And, like, people would come from everywhere to just, like, see Annabelle the Haunted Doll. And for decades, Ed and Ed Warren would say, like, a prayer, a binding prayer over the lock case to just, like, counteract the demon. It uh-huh. was kind of like an added layer of protection to make sure the demon stayed inside of Annabelle. But even inside the case, the demon still had the power to cause harm because a few years after they locked her up, a visitor came to the museum, took an interest in Annabelle, and the visitor, visitor came with his girlfriend. And she was, like, doing her own thing, looking at other stuff. Ed told him all about animal and animal. <laughs> 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 Animal. <laughs> Ed told him all about Annabelle and all like the the chaos she's been causing. So this young man was like, Ugh. he like scoffed and laughed at the stories, and like he thought the warning sign in Annabelle's case was like so ridiculous. The man then started banging on the glass and was like taunting Annabelle, like. He basically wanted proof that she would really just, like, put scratches on people or something. Right. So Ed grabbed this man by the arm and was like, son, you need to leave. So him and his girlfriend, they left. And as they were leaving, the man called out to the doll, like, challenging her to, like, do her worst on him. They laughed at Ed, got on their motorcycle, and left. But a few hours later... They're riding on the motorcycle, talking about Annabelle. They're still laughing at how silly it was to believe a doll could, like, actually hurt you. And then suddenly, the man lost control of the motorcycle. He swerved off the road and drove straight into a tree. Wow. The young man died on impact, and the woman was critically injured and was hospitalized for over a year. Damn. So, Annabelle, this was, like, Annabelle's first victim, pretty much. Like, she hadn't killed anybody yet. So, the story of Annabelle, you know, inspired an entire horror film franchise, which we talked about, The Conjuring Universe. Um, The first film, The Conjuring, that was about Ed and Lorraine's 1971 case, The Perrin Family Haunting. And in the story, Ed and Lorraine had recently investigated Annabelle, the haunted doll. Uh The director of the films is James Wan, and he was the co-creator of the Saw and Insidious franchises. Did you know that? I did not. Uh, he was basically he brought in... He also did Malignant. Yeah, he did. Oh, my God. <laughs> he was brought on to, like, direct, you know, the all these films. The first film was released in 2013. It was one of the most profitable horror films in history. And because of this, the next film, Annabelle, was announced. And, like, almost immediately, the first and three-part Annabelle series was created. The first film didn't really do that well, but the next two, Annabelle Creation and Annabelle Comes Home, were both, like, really huge successes. And the entire franchise is the second highest grossing horror franchise ever. Behind Halloween? No. Behind Scream? No. What? Godzilla. Oh, that's considered horror? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's made $1.9 billion against a total budget of $139 million for all the films. Um, and then, of course, all these films created a ton of interest in, like, the Warrens and Annabelle and all that, and it brought in crowds of people to their occult museum. 
And the doll in the movies is much scarier than the real Annabelle. Have you ever seen pictures of the real Annabelle? No. It's like pathetic looking. Oh my God, it's going to come for me, but it's pathetic. (laughs) But everyone was like, oh, we want to see this creepy doll that like inspired all these horror movies. And then obviously they got to meet like the real Ed and Lorraine Warren when they would go to this museum. But both of them have passed away. And their museum right now is closed to the public. It's run out of their basement of their home on Knowledge Street in Monroe, Connecticut. And they have, like, a bunch of other, like, cursed objects in there, too. And now Lorraine and Ed's uh, daughter, Judy, and her husband, Tony Sparrow, they're in charge of it. Ed kind of taught Tony, like, everything he knew about demonology and considered him his protege. And he, like, left the museum artifacts into his care when he passed away. Um... And for a long time, Lorraine would give lectures on the occult, and people would, like, go and post for pictures with the real Annabelle in her display case. But guests were always discouraged from, like, trying to communicate with her, and they were, like, warned not to challenge her and, like, daunt her. Taunt her is what I meant to say. Mm. If you touched Annabelle's display case, even by accident, that could lead <laughs> to the attachment of negative energy. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> apparently... Even by accident. yeah. Apparently, Annabelle, in her locked case, still changes positions and moves around inside of it. And there have even been multiple people who would, like, take a picture of the doll when they first walk into the museum. And then they would, like, look around and then come back to Annabelle to see that she moved compared to that first picture. Oh, shit. Um, And in other pictures, you can see, sometimes you could see another pair of eyes behind her doll eyes looking in the direction of the camera. Uh Uh-huh. Annabelle is said to be the most demonic artifact in the whole museum. And she's still considered very dangerous. Um, Some people, when they look at her, they feel that hatred and, like, feelings of fear and that that just presence of Annabelle. They can feel it coming even through the glass. If this happens, guests are advised to close their eyes and picture a bubble of protective white light surrounding them. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Naturally, as one does. When Lorraine was alive, she would, like, talk to the guests, give them advice about, like, if they were going through some paranormal experience, she would give them advice. And she would even, like, make appointments to visit people's homes to try to help out. And, like, before leading the guests down there, she would always warn them, like, don't challenge Annabelle, you know. So, as of now, it's still closed, but apparently it's because of um, zoning issues. Because, like... There would be like 50 to 60 cars out there at once, like every day. And it's in a residential neighborhood. So they're like trying to figure that out. Ed and Lorraine's son-in-law, they, he has a YouTube channel. And I guess it's like the museum's YouTube channel. And he like keeps everyone like up to date on the status of the museum and stuff. And then, like I said, in August 2020, there was a rumor that spread that Annabelle escaped the occult museum. That is crazy. And this started because somebody edited her wiki page saying that the doll was on the loose. But <laughs> Tony, um, the son-in-law, posted a video on the YouTube channel and it was like, look, Annabelle is here and like filmed Annabelle. Annabelle? Annabelle. What is going on? Annabelle Lecter. <laughs> like filled, filmed Annabelle. <laughs> I can't talk. He filmed the doll and was like, look, she's here. It's just a rumor. The Twitter account is a deep fake. And that's it. Damn. 
Pretty crazy, right? Pretty crazy. Would like to go to that museum when it opens. Could be sick. It's in Connecticut. It's not that far, but I don't know where Monroe, Connecticut is. Did you like the story? I did like the story. It was weird. Thank you. Crazy story. Don't buy dolls. I, every time we go. Don't be raggedy. Every time we go to a thrift store or something and I see a creepy looking doll, I always want it. Yeah. Uh, I'm never letting that happen. My grandma, um, before she passed away, gave me this porcelain doll. Yeah, I I feel less, I feel less concerned about that. It's a little creepy looking, but. Yeah, but it's not from like a thrift store. Like we know where it's been. I don't know where it's from. Well, we know that your grandma was not possessed by dark energies. No, that's true. That's right. Bean says, round. Okay, well, I don't think I have anything to plug, so. Check the show notes. Check the show notes. I guess answer those questions on Instagram at Spooky Show Pod. You can send emails, spookyshowpod at gmail.com. I don't plug that enough. Um, there's still merch you can buy in the description. Um, I hope everyone had the happiest Halloween ever. Um, Have the best week of your life. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.